0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Blake Oliver, CPA, here today with Ray Ariano, CPA. Ray, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Blake. How are you doing today?
0: It's been a wild couple of weeks. Uh, I'm doing yeah. good, probably because I don't have any ERC clients. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's what we're here to talk about, right? Uh, the I, IRS put a moratorium on processing of the ERC applications. There's about 600,000 that are in this holding tank uh, that are Gonna get probably really scrutinized and looked at. Uh, there's millions of filings that have already been done and paid out, and the IRS is saying now we're gonna go and take a look at those too. Could be thousands and thousands of audits. I let's let's say that I'm a preparer. Um, I'm a professional. I'm a tax preparer. I'm a CPA. I've got clients that are involved in ERC. Whether or not I prepared it myself, um, they probably have filed for it. Some have gotten it. Maybe some are in process. What do we need to know now that this IRS scrutiny has come down? Uh, What are you doing in your practice, Ray?
1: Well, I, I think it's a great topic to bring up, Blake. I think every professional needs to be aware of the downstream implications of ERC and what's going on. It's a credit against wages paid in a prior period. So we're talking about 2020 or 2021 is when you go to claim the credit, that's where it shows up. And the way the IRS has come down is they've said, you don't get to claim it in the year when you file your claim or receive your money. You have to go back and file an amended return for these prior periods. So this affects everybody. It affects tax preparers. It affects bookkeepers and accountants. And it affects auditors. It affects whether you're in public accounting or whether you're in the accounting department of a company that is or could be affected by ERC. So it's it's pervasive and I think there's a lot of professionals out there going, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Ah, think th- think carefully because it could and I think hopefully we, we can dig into some of these you know deeper points along our conversation here.
0: Yeah, um, even if you didn't do any of these amended payroll filings, if you did the tax return, if you signed the tax return, now you've gotta go back and amend, right? So. All right. the tax preparers are impacted, whether or not they personally assisted with ERC. So, why don't we start there? Let's start with the tax implications of all this.
1: Okay, so the first place to start there is as the preparer, you are governed by Circular Two Hundred and Thirty, which says that you need to have a reasonable basis to, you know, to, to to put these numbers on the tax return and have your name at the bottom as the paid preparer. If you believe or you have reason to believe that the credit that the claim is fraudulent or or bogus, it ain't right. Then you can't. You're not supposed to. You know, file that amended return. I mean, the, the return or the amended return, if, if there's if there's bad stuff on it. So the fact that if it was one of these ERC mills, who's inherently conflicted, that right out of the gate gives you an extra hurdle to get over. How how did how could this conf- conflicted Service provider, be sure that they didn't mm. inflate the amount of credit that's being claimed, or or the credit at all, that they're eligible for it at all. So once we get, so now you got to kind of poke around at the at the reason behind the credit and the accuracy of it and so on, and then once you get comfortable, now you can proceed with preparing the amended return for twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. Okay,
0: let me stop you there. How do i know whether or not this was a fraudulent claim like what is my obligation as a preparer to investigate right. this How, you know can i just say like i'm going to take my client at their word like what do i actually have to do is there a standard for this
1: well it, there's not a set standard um and i think every practitioner kind of has different levels of comfort that they try to get in um uh, in preparing a return my philosophy's always been i'm i'm not doing anybody any favors by getting them a deduction for something that cannot be defended so if you don't have good work papers or good documentation to support what you're trying to do you know yeah you're getting on you're just skating on thin ice so you know let's first let's get a copy of that 941x that was filed do they have work papers to back it up as to where did these numbers come from how did you calculate these um, the ERC claims that we filed, we've created a rather complex spreadsheet where we list out, you know, basically dump out of the payroll system. You'll go by quarter, you know, blah, 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 all the steps you got to do to get to your number. Let's look for something like that. Do they have this spreadsheet? I um, know, unfortunately, a lot of these ERC mills didn't provide like the backup work papers as to where this came from. Okay, then the practitioner, he's got to be kind of reasonable here and say, well, okay, look, we know there's only certain reasons why you could apply. Was you Were you shut down by the government? If so, what were those dates? That's reasonably easy to find. The other one is a decline in gross receipts. So take the bookkeeping numbers, you do the quarter over quarter analysis, and you see that they have that decrease in the qualify. If you can't come up with a, a basis according to the rules as to why they qualify, you got a bogus CRC claim, and you should, in my opinion, should not file the amended return, and now you should be going into a different phase, which is explain to the client what's going on the risk they have, and what are some of these new programs about self-reporting
0: you know, bad claims. Got it. So at a minimum, in your opinion, and this is what you're doing in your practice, is Get the work paper. If there is no work papers to support these ERC calculations, then that's a big red flag right there. Look at the work paper and 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 double check it. Right, check the check the calculations, check the numbers, make sure it's reasonable. Uh, I guess you don't have to have the work paper if there was like a, a shutdown, like because there's different criteria for getting the claim, right? So right. it depends on what. What, how they're making the claim. Right. We don't have to dig into that, but you're saying, like, when do you need the work paper, I guess is my question.
1: Well, for, for the claims that we prepare, we create a very detailed work paper and explain everything in detail for every claim, right? We document okay. everything. Every, um, every claim. And and you're hoping that other preparers of ERC claims of the 941X are doing the same. You know, And again, that's what I come back to. If they're not, then you almost have to I'm not going to say prepare the whole thing, recreate it, but you got to do enough, you know, back of the envelope at least, scratch something out to say, hey, why do I think this is okay?
0: Um, And and what's the worst case scenario? Let's say I don't do this. Let's say I skip this. Ray, I'm not as diligent as you are in your firm. What could happen to me as a preparer?
1: Well, I mean, if this happens enough, the IRS has your, you know, your your P ten your ERO your identifying numbers that are registered with them, and there are situations where if the IRS sees a pattern among a preparer, they will go and aud- audit. They'll they'll select many more of your clients to audit with a similar fact pattern because they've found that you're as a preparer you're not doing something correctly, mm-hmm. and that's that's a really <laughs> bad place to be. That I can't I can, like I can only imagine. That.
0: I have yeah, don't want <laughs> you don't want to go down that path <laughs> No. okay, got it. you don't want to get on the uh the shit list at the i r s that's 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 yeah. right uh that's right. fair enough, okay, so work paper you know what else from a tax standpoint should we be thinking about here
1: so so let's assume that it is okay, right that you've gotten comfortable either you have a work paper or you did the back of the envelope and you go, yeah, it looks like they qualified and this seems like a reasonable number. Now the next thing you got to do is you got to figure out okay what kind of taxpayer is it which form do they file are they a sole proper or a single member llc well that's a schedule c on a 1040 that's going to be a 1040x the the other problem there is as soon as you file an amended return it's they're manually processed and there's a higher risk of audit i, I found a way higher uh, audit rates on amended returns that I filed over the years than originally filed returns. So now you've opened up that entire 1040 to audit. Not much you can do once the you know the 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 cow's out the barn. I mean you got it. You got to take this all the way to the end. That amended return needs to be filed. If it's a partnership or LLC, that's a 1065x. Okay, now we have the interesting one. If they're LLC or partnership, are they under the um, AAR AAR rules where all of the adjustments to tax are handled at the partnership level, they are not pushed through to an amended K-1 to the partners. If they've opted out of that, well, now you got to push amended K-1s to all the partners and all those partners got to file amended 1040s.
0: And that could be a lot. That could could be be, a lot. That could be hundreds, right? It It could could, be, Yep.
1: Theoretically, could be, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even theoretically, I, you know, practicality it is. Then you get into S-Corps, similar situation, right? The S-Corps going to push out an amended K-1. There you go. That's going to push into an amended 1040 to those S-Corp owners. Uh, corporations themselves are going to file an amended return, uh, C-Corps, amended return. They pay tax at the corporate level, no big deal. And... I was even I asked an IRS person uh, at one of these IRS forums about nonprofits, and because it's a publicly available document, they want that to be accurate and tie. They want amended 990s for nonprofits. So pretty much any taxpayer that's out there, if you ran payroll and you filed and or you know get an ERC claim, you need to push it through with a. Mm. An amended return for the year that it applies 2020 or
0: 2021 Um, and that's gonna trigger all kinds of other stuff so this sounds like a lot of work ray of work how are you making sure that you get compensated for all this extra work you're doing do you have a set fee to do an amended return how do you charge for it hourly
1: because a lot of this is so new I I hadn't thought through fixed fee pricing on this stuff so for the most part we're doing we're doing, we're doing fixed fee on ERC claims because when we were doing PPP and they changed the rules to allow ERC, you just can't double count the wages. Immediately I said, well, let's go run this analysis real quick and see what makes sense here to optimize the PPP forgiveness side. And so we, um, we kind of got a little jump on it on that side. And then once we knew if they qualified or not, I was able to kind of gauge what it was going to take to do the extra work. And we did a fixed fee pricing on the 941X. And then interestingly, the amended income tax returns, like we started out with a, with a couple of partnerships, they were the first ones to go through. And that was a royal pain of amending a 1065, but not having it change the K-1. And
0: How does that even work?
1: Well, they came out with this new form. It's kind of a an in-the-weed story, but they had this new form where you fill out this form and then you have to check a box in the software that says, don't carry this to the face of the 1065, which is technically in conflict with another part that says, this credit is to be claimed against the wages in the period that it applies to. So the IRS wants to see the salaries and wages number go down on the amended return, but AAR requires that it not go down so you don't get a new K-1. So there's this form in the middle where you check a box and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what the wages were. This is what they should be. But it's not what it says on the face of the 1065X because of AAR. And then we're hoping that they're going to f- agree and figure that out. Because, again, there's no history. There's no guidance here. It's not like we can say, oh, I've been doing it this way for years. Mm. Nobody nobody knows what
0: they're going to take. All right. So what what what's next on the tax front? Or are we ready to... Talk about the accounting for it um I,
1: I I think that's you know pretty much it about the amended returns. Uh, I, I think on the accounting side, um, you've run into an interesting situation because in, in 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 our practice, we really like it when the geo, you know we, we're a zero house primarily, where it ties directly to either the audit report if they're a entity that gets audited. You know, U.S. GAAP audit, independent CPA, or if it, it ties to a tax return. I don't like having to take the GL, export it to Excel, manipulate it, and then get it to tie to an audit or a tax return. You got to pick one, one or the other. So now all of a sudden you're making this prior period adjustment. And so what are you going to do? Mm. How, how are you going to keep your GL to tie over these across you know back looking periods a year or two years ago 3 years ago now in some cases so that's it's a decision that you know everybody has to be aware of you have to make this is where they're talking about the bookkeepers you know and the accountants okay how are we going to book this what are, what's going to happen here um, and so you just you have to be very aware very conscious and make a conscious decision of how we're going to handle this in the books so that everything reconciles and ties out
0: Easily. So is it as simple as going back into these close periods and making a journal entry at 1231 and and then reversing it on
1: 1-1? Well, this is where audit and tax world get, you know, have their different audits going to say, well, is it material, <laughs> right? They get to hide behind that. Tax, you do not get to hide behind materiality. So uh, yeah, um, in, in our case, for a lot of our clients that are not being audited, we're just going back into the prior period, making the adjustments tying out to the amended return, and then you got to roll it forward as you mm-hmm. go, Oh, wait, actually interesting point back on some of the tax stuff real quickly. This gets very interesting when you talk about pass-through entities and capital accounts. So the accumulated adjustment account or the capital accounts, because remember on pass-throughs, all this net income is being pushed out and distributed to the owners, and this affects their their capital account, which affects mm. you know down the road has tax implications. You want to be sure your capital account's accurate. This credit is going to going to muck that up and make a little mess for you. You gotta
0: you gotta track. you gotta go back and adjust for it if you want the capital accounts to be right.
1: You got to right
0: yeah yep. okay so so extra <laughs> adjusting entries for the uh, tax preparers and the bookkeepers to fight over. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right,
1: and, and and then we haven't even started with our triad yet, which is, so then the bookkeepers, accountants, and the uh, tax people, they all hash it out and figure out what they want to do, and then here comes skipping along the auditors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how does this affect them? I mean, they're already overworked, they're overwhelmed, they got too much on their plates, uh, you know, now we're handing them ERC to deal with? Right.
1: Right. So you know, start with materiality. Um, is this going to be a prior period adjustment? I don't think anybody's going to want to restate the financial statements. But you know, here you go. Then you get on the point of. Okay, it's a receivable. If you if did you get the money yet or not? Did you claim If you haven't got it, it's a receivable. Well, is that a good receivable or not? Okay. Well, is it a, is it a valid claim or not? I mean, even if you got the cash and it's not a valid claim, as an auditor, you want to know: is it is it a is it a, is it a BS ERC claim from a mill, and they're going to get whipsawed back in three or five years under IRS audit?
0: And, and Ray, this is this might be a stupid question, but you got I haven't actually I haven't made one of these entries, so remind me: like, is this is this revenue? Is this income? The ERC money? It it's technically it's a reduction of an expense. Reduction of expense. Okay, got it. Okay. And and we're reducing the what expense are we reducing? Salaries and wages. Salaries and wages. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm getting the picture. (laughs) So so this is going to be weird. So because the audited financials are not going to get restated in most cases because it's not material. Right. So there's going to be this difference now. I guess there was always a difference between the tax and the gap, but but it just adds to that.
1: It's going to be a footnote disclosure. What they'll probably do from a from a GAAP perspective is they'll probably just jam it through as an adjustment to retained earnings. They'll call it a prior period adjustment. They're not going to screw around with the prior years. They're going to debit, you know, receivable, credit, you know, retained earnings or you know some account, which is where it would ultimately flow anyway if you went back in time, <clears throat> and then just kind of go forward. I think that the auditors, that's the easier part. I think the harder part is figuring out what to do with bogus CRC claims. Because if there's all this extra focus on IRS audits, there's legislation about expanding the time they have to conduct these audits. um, They're pretty serious about this.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. uh, Because this is giving me flashbacks to PPP. When all the scrutiny came down on PPP, a lot of companies and their advisors decided, you know, maybe it's best that we don't try to take this money and maybe we give it back or maybe we withdraw our application. Do you foresee a good number of ERC applicants giving the money back, withdrawing their applications?
1: I I think definitely withdrawing their applications. I think we're going to see a lot of that. That's that 600 and some odd thousand that are
0: in the hopper right now. Um, And to be clear, I think the IRS IRS has said they're gonna have a process for this. Yes, I haven't seen anything yet as we record this on September 27th, I haven't seen anything about it, but they say there's gonna be one.
1: I, I, I was in a continuing ed session last Friday where the IRS national liaison was there and he confirmed that the program has not come out yet, but they are working diligently on it and he expected it out within a couple weeks or so.
0: Okay. So, and, yeah. And then there's the other matter which is a little harder, which is giving the money back. Right. Because that's also going to be some sort of program is right. the IRS will have some sort of uh I don't know what what do you call that kind of program? It's like a forgiveness <laughs> reverse yeah. forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it it's, safe, it's it's not a safe harbor. What do you call that kind of thing? It's like when you, remember when you had like a foreign bank account and every now and then you can like plead for mercy. Right, 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 right. Oh, uh, I know.
1: I remember the, I, I can't think of that I forget word the word, word right now. We'll think of it.
0: Right. We'll think, we'll
1: of, think it. of it. Uh, this is a yeah. common thing where they, um, they, they give you a time period to come clean and they're not yeah. going to hit you so hard with penalties and stuff like that. And one of the things that's uh, being talked about here. Is amnesty. Amnesty. There, exactly. Great, great. Yeah. Is that if you uh, self-report that, okay, you, you tell them they don't have to find you, that there are going to be some kind of break on the penalties. They can't do much about interest because it's time value money and the money was where it was. But there's discussion about being able to exclude the the fee that you paid to the ERC mill because if you can show that, it, that you paid that, right? So a $100,000 credit, the fee was 30,000 bucks you received 70 show that you can document all that and they're only going to look to you for the 70 again this has not been written out or documented yet this is all speculative but i think that's incredibly generous of the irs to do that cuz technically they don't have to do that
0: <laughs> well i'm a little more cynical ray and i think they're doing it because they know they don't have a chance in <laughs> hell of of actually auditing the millions of ERC claims that have been filed so far. So far, uh, according to the IRS announcement that came out with the moratorium, 252 claims have been referred for criminal prosecution. Only 252. No, no, 252 are under investigation and only 15 have resulted in prosecutions. And they said thousands are under audit but right. we're talking thousands, you know, in the low thousands out of millions. Right. So realistically, wh- what are the odds that a specific one claim of your one client are going to get audited? I, I really wish we, I guess, I guess it depends on how sophisticated the IRS is in picking which ones to yeah, audit. Yeah, they're, they're going to, I, my
1: feeling is they're going to do big data analysis. They're going to they're test they're going to gather information on these first couple of waves of what they're auditing. They're going to look for patterns, and then they're going to they're going to
0: they're going go to put them all it. into Chat GPT and ask <laughs> OpenAI to tell them which ones right. to audit. That might which, be their best bet, honestly. Which are the higher risk ones? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah. Um, but they got
0: to get around that ten megabyte uh, attachment limit. <laughs> yeah, they, it's going to be a huge,
1: a huge it's database. Truly, of truly
0: big data. Truly big data. Right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. Hopefully um, not
0: on the mainframes. You know, I think they they have that on some other more advanced system.
1: Right, the old VAX machines. Uh, um, yeah, but th- this, it, it's a big issue. It needs to be addressed. Um, I really hope that they can and that they can set some examples here to say, hey, you know, it, it come down on people pretty hard and say, don't do this. Yeah, uh, it's a bad, bad thing. And then if people. If you can make this amnesty amnesty program uh, palatable, hopefully more people will self-report. and this is this is where the legit practitioners who are filing those amended returns can help give the feedback to people they might not might not even realize
0: that, oh, yeah they probably that have no it's clue. Bogus, right? Yeah. I mean, you got we got these phone calls, you know David, right. my co-host, got a phone call from uh, Snoop Dogg <laughs> that we played on another on a recent episode of the accounting podcast. And it's it was a it had to have been a deep fake. And uh, you know, that was an ERC mill there and, and that got, got his attention. And how many business owners were taken in by those phone calls? Promising right. free money, you know. Right, right, right.
1: So I'm so, I'm glad it's getting attention. It 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 really needs to. Um, hopefully we can get this cleaned up a little bit. But it it's a big issue, I think, for the entire profession, as we talked about, from tax repairs to bookkeepers and accountants to auditors. Um, public accounting, private industry—you know it—it's it, all over the place. It's still a valid program, by the way. Um, right. And the moratorium
0: so, doesn't mean it's been shut down.
1: That's right. It, that's it's legislation, right? They'd have to yeah. pass a new law to say no, this doesn't work. And and so if you have a legitimately valid claim, you're still allowed to file. They've never said you can't file a new claim. Just you're just going in knowing that you have a higher level of scrutiny to pass
0: that's all. right and they're not going to look at it until 2024 and it could take that's 180 right. days that's right so yeah they're right. they're very discouraged it's, it's a they're trying to discourage us it seems like that's how it right yeah. right
1: I, when i and i and i i think in fairness they're 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 trying to discourage us to to the point of saying look if if it's not legit don't even try
0: And that's that's what it should be, honestly. Yeah, that's that's right. Well, that's right. Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show and clarifying these questions for our listeners. If they want to follow you online, what's the best place for them to do that?
1: Uh, LinkedIn. um, I use my full name, so Reynaldo Adriano CPA. I think I even threw the PFS CGMA on my thing. I got to clean that up, but right now it's my full name: R E Y N A L D O. Last name, A-R-E-L-L-A-N-O on LinkedIn.
0: Follow Ray on LinkedIn. Uh, You can see him stream live occasionally and talking about all sorts of really fascinating topics. Um, So definitely be sure to follow Ray.
1: Thanks, Ray, for all your expertise. Thank you, Blake. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, Thank you for everything you're doing for our profession. We really appreciate it.
0: Ever wished you could earn CPE credits while on the go? Introducing Earmark, the app revolutionizing the way accountants earn their CPE. Just listen to your favorite accounting and tax podcasts, whether you're driving to work, working out, or even doing chores. After you're done listening, take a quick quiz. Score 70% or higher, you've earned your CPE. It's that easy. Plus, with Earmark, you're not just ticking a box. You're actually learning valuable insights from top accounting podcasts. So why wait? Download the Earmark app now on iOS or Android and transform your listening time into CPE credits. Make the most of your day and stay ahead with Earmark.